0: Hello and welcome to the Freestyle Podcast Series, bringing you real stories from those living with diabetes. We hear about the challenges they face and hope to provide you some inspiration for living your best life. I'm Claudine and today we're talking to Vanessa Haydock, known to her followers as Diabetic Health Coach. Vanessa was diagnosed with diabetes as a child, Now in her late 20s, she's a personal trainer, online health coach and qualified behavioural analyst. She lives and breathes the mantra of taking a positive attitude and is passionate about improving the lives and experiences of those with diabetes. Please remember that before making any changes to your diabetes regime, discuss these with your healthcare team first. Hi Vanessa and welcome to the Freestyle Podcast. It's lovely to have you with us and can't wait to hear about your story with diabetes today. Firstly it'd be great to hear you tell us about your experiences of your early life with diabetes and how you look back at it now.
1: Hi Claudine, thank you for having me on the podcast, it's a pleasure. Yeah I was uh, three years old and I was diagnosed you know I remember my mum and dad taking me to the doctors because I started to lose weight I started to you know I was drinking a lot of fluids I was I just generally wasn't feeling very well and they took me to the doctors and that's when my GP said that you know she could have type 1 diabetes and you know back then you know in the 90s there wasn't social media there wasn't really you know the internet was very new let's say and my mum and dad, you know, they didn't really know much about it. So it was quite a big shock at first. And then I I spent about a week in hospital. And during that time, obviously, my mum and dad were educated on what it was, what they had to do. And I just remember, I just have such a vivid memory of my mum and dad practicing injecting into an orange. <laughs> because back then, you know, it was all syringes and, you know, really old school glucose testing kits so I was, I was very young, but my mum and dad, they were absolutely amazing. They helped me so much over the years to, you know, control my blood glucose levels. And uh, like I say, they literally did absolutely everything for me. People ask me, you know, did it affect me as a, as a child? And to be honest, it, it didn't really affect me that much. It was more my mum and dad because they had to change so much. remember my mum she wrote a letter and she went round and posted it through everyone's letterbox on our street just basically saying don't give Vanessa any sweets um because she's now type 1 diabetic so yeah it's (laughs) and I I laugh because people say to me you know what do you remember when you were younger and having having type 1 diabetes and I always say well the ice cream man used to make me my own ice cream special, which was called the Vanessa Special, which was basically half a normal ice cream for 20p, as opposed to a normal ice cream for 40p. So it was basically half a scoop. But yeah, I still got to have, you know, things like treats and ice cream, but just a little bit more control, let's say. So it's great
0: that obviously your parents were able to um, keep your diabetes management under control but still let you have the treats and you know feel like a normal four five six seven year old absolutely as part of the freestyle podcast series we've heard from blogger Helen Wills about her experience looking after a teenager with diabetes what were your experiences through your teenage years like
1: I mean looking back now I just look and I think you know I wish I'd tried that little bit harder but you know, it, again, it was such a, it was very tough back then. I mean, as I mentioned, when I was very young, my mum and dad did a lot for me. They helped me so much to help to control my blood glucose levels. But obviously when, when I hit my adolescent years, that obviously meant that I'd gone from having kind of everything done for me to then having to become completely independent control in my diabetes, which I did find really, really hard. Um because it, you know, the, again, there's there's just so much involved. I mean, now for me, now I I think about my. Glucose levels 24-7. You know, I'm constantly thinking about what they are, what I need to eat, what I need to do. And to do that as a teenager back then, I did find it really tough. Um the thing is as well, back then there wasn't the technology that there is now. You know, I didn't have my freestyle Libra, I didn't have social media where I could um, you know, network and chat with other people with diabetes. And yeah I, again growing up I just I just wanted to be like my friends really I, I found it very easy to kind of put to the back of my mind um and obviously that's that's not good but I mean back then like I've said I wanted to just eat what I want I wanted to drink whatever I wanted to I wanted to just be like a normal teenager teenager who who didn't have diabetes and I, I, yeah I just didn't have any discipline. And I, I don't think I was really educated, you know, I mean, my diabetes team were great. They, they, you know, they tried to kind of drill into me what it was and the importance of controlling it. But I think as a as a little bit of an in denial teenager, I just didn't really listen. I mean, I used to go to my appointments, but I never used to take on board what they were saying to me. And looking back now, I really, really wish I did. And. Um, but, yeah, if, if I'd have had the support that I do now, you know, on social media and the, the network that I, of people that I know now and the technology that I have now, I, I definitely think that it would have been a lot different growing up with type 1 diabetes.
0: So, Vanessa, you talk about putting your diabetes to the back of your mind. What made that change for you to actively manage your diabetes differently?
1: The big change really came from when I got my diagnosis of, well, originally background retinopathy, but that then later became a little bit more serious, um, and I was diagnosed with uh, maculopathy, which is basically retinopathy but in the centre, uh, the center, your central vision, um, and I, I just remember opening that letter and it it just hit me, and I and I thought I can't I can't continue to to do this I really need to you know change my habits I need to become healthy and I need to look after my diabetes because it's just not worth it and for me I mean I've gone from attending screenings every 12 months to then having to go to an eye clinic at the hospital every three months and for me that was just a huge eye-opener because again I was I was very young and I didn't want to lose my sight you know by the age of 30 because unfortunately that's what it's one of the things that could happen with poorly controlled um, diabetes and yeah, so for me that was just the turning point, and it was it was shock tactic that made me change. So you know, from there, that's when I started to you know learn more about diabetes in general, learn more about my own diabetes. I started to create healthier habits, and I started to you know test more. I started to network more, and I really found that that had such a positive impact on on my control. Um. So yeah, it was it was kind of what made me change is receiving that diagnosis.
0: So there you mentioned about changing your habits. That's now something that you help other people do. Do you have any quick tips for our listeners on how to change their habits?
1: In terms of habits, habits are behaviour. You know, behaviour is absolutely anything that we do. And my area of work is focusing on healthy behaviours and how to increase healthy behaviour and healthy habits. And in terms of habits, we, if we're trying to, you know, increase a new healthier habit, we, the first step to change is we've got to want to do it. Because if we don't want to do it, then it's pointless, really. We need to have that motivation there in the first place to want to change. There's a model conversation to change model where a person needs to, you know like I say, want to change and then they move on to getting ready to change and then they move on to actually changing and then they move on to maintaining that new habit and that new change that they've made. So yeah, again, it's all about making small habits, trying to pinpoint exactly what it is you want to change, setting little small achievable goals towards that change and keeping a track of of how you're doing as well. On your website,
0: you've got so many people talking about how you've improved their confidence and their outlook on their diabetes, and completely changed the way that they think of it um, as part of their lives. How do you go about helping people to change their outlooks?
1: My aim is to is to try and motivate, you know, inspire, and. You know, just just to support as many people with, with type one diabetes as I can, because I always think if I'd have had someone like me when I was younger, I think that my whole outlook on my diabetes would have been dramatically different to, to what it was back then. Um, you know, I want to help people to kind of accept the the diabetes, come to terms with it, because for a lot, I get a lot of messages of people, you know, that uh, they're really struggling, they they can't accept that they've, you know, they've got this condition now and Again, just showing people that you can still do whatever you want in life and you can still live your best life with type 1 diabetes um, and, you know, just encouraging them to to learn more and to to take more of a hold over it as well. And, again, just try, trying to provide lots of encouragement, support, and to share my own experiences as well. I mean, I, I try and regularly post about... Um, you know how I how I have bad days you know I still have really bad days and myself and my really good friend Amelia Lilly, who's also type 1 diabetic we, we both set up a, um, our own page called the type 1 team um on Instagram and we've had so much positive feedback on there and we that's what the page is there again to to motivate to inspire others and to just show people that you know even us given us to we we have our bad days we have our good days and you know we have you know sometimes we find it mentally draining sometimes we're on top of the world and just seeing that kind of realness really helps um what from what we've seen we've had so many positive messages of people but yeah it's just again being there to support uh, my clients so I mean all of my um clients with Taiwan diabetes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm messaging them every couple of days, like just just even even just if they want to have a little bit of a moan about the glucose levels or, you know, they want to open up about something, just providing that consistent support and knowing that someone's there. Because when I was growing up, there wasn't anyone there. I didn't know anyone with type one diabetes. I didn't. I, I mean, I, li- I literally I don't think I met I the f- first time I met someone with type one diabetes was when I was at college. And it, I was kind of, it was like, I was mind blown. I was like, oh my gosh, like I have so many questions for this person because I've never met anyone else who has, you know, injects, who checks the uh, glucose levels. And yeah, it was such an eye opener. Um, and then from that, I mean, I have done a lot of volunteer, when I kind of first changed my ways, let's say, I, I did a lot of volunteering for Diabetes UK. So I actually ran the peer support group. So back then it was like Google Hangouts and um, that was kind of an in thing back then and I used to host evening Google Hangouts with about six other people with type diabetes and we'd just chat about little, little you know like things experiences having a little bit of a moan just providing that support and it's funny because it was actually on one of the Google Hangouts that someone said to me have you heard about this new sensor and I was like no what's this and and um I go I, I, anyway I, I, I researched it and I, I thought oh my gosh what's this I'm gonna have to order one and I was actually one of the first people to try it try it out um it was years ago and I'll always be forever grateful for volunteering for Diabetes UK who then put me in contact with someone who told me about the Freestyle Libra um so yeah so obviously you've talked about
0: motivation in some of your previous answers. Um, motivation Monday is a really big thing on social media. What do, gets you up in the morning and what motivates you?
1: In terms of like my, my line of work as a behaviour analyst, it, what, I, what I base a lot of the decisions that I make on a daily basis is based on my values. So I kind of think to myself, right, what, what are my main values in life? And for me as someone with type 1 diabetes is to be the healthiest that I can be that's it's a really big value for me um you know to be happy and to be healthy um and that that value of mine is what drives my my behavior so the thing is with with type 1 diabetes we I'm sure we can all relate is that sometimes we can do absolutely everything in our power to control our glucose levels, but sometimes it just does not want to play ball And that, and that's another important thing that we need to accept too. Is sometimes you know if we're ill, if we're stressed, you know, if it for us females if it's the time of the month, sometimes it does make it that little bit harder. But what I do is, like I mentioned, is just I base everything that all the decisions that I make and the, the habits that I try and create on my value to be as healthy. As I possibly can. Um, so that's kind of like my motivation. And because obviously, like with, with kind of the line of work that I do now as, as diabetic health coaches, you know, I, I, my aim is to motivate others and to inspire others and to, to try and help and support as many people as I can. Um, so that again is such a big motivation for me as well. Um, yeah.
0: So, Vanessa, you take loads of time to give lots of people different advice. What's the best piece of advice that you've been given?
1: To get involved with voluntary work with Diabetes UK and JDRF, definitely, and um, that's you know kind of opened my eyes up a lot to the world of type one diabetes, and to also make exercise uh, part of my weekly routine. Because for me, like exercise is just it's it's kind of it's like my say, I love it. I love love training. I, you know, it it helps me to be you know the healthiest that I possibly can, and yet. Yeah, I started to train a lot lot more consistently once I kind of made those changes as a a teenager.
0: So when you're not having such a great time managing your diabetes, how do you reach out to your support network to help?
1: To be honest, what motivates me is the the messages that I I get off other people and you know and seeing as well there's so many amazing people on Instagram who do post you know when they do have bad days and you can see that you're not alone and I think that's really important to you know keep us keep us going and you know from a from a behavioral perspective you know the with with type 1 diabetes when i mentioned previously sometimes you can do everything that you um you know everything in our power to control our glucose levels but sometimes on one of those days those uh, behaviors and habits aren't reinforced because we're hit with you know high glucose readings for no reason and what that can do is like kind of like punish that behavior so for example like if you were to run every night 10 kilometers to lose body fat and then you jump on the scale and you've put a stone on you're not <laughs> going to continue to run if that makes sense so it's, it's exactly the same it's kind of looking at right now you know we're doing everything that we need to do but sometimes we'll be hit with those high blood readings for whatever reason whether it's stress illness or or whatever it is and it's trying to kind of learn to accept that and trying to overcome it and keep going um which is again it's easier said than done but yeah like I said it's just everyone else keeps me going I'd say
0: so sometimes living with diabetes can put you in some very unusual situations that can be quite funny (laughs) looking back have you got any that you can relate to
1: I'll I'll not go into um too much detail about airport security Um, (laughs) let's just say it takes me a lot longer the amount of the amount of arguments I've had with um security staff in the airport because he won't let me take my food through to be honest I always laugh because of um as someone with type of diabetes how strips can get everywhere I'll have people come round to visit and then they'll be on the couch and then they'll find strips just lying around everywhere and I think everyone with type one can relate to how annoying that is or when you when you're um you know cleaning out your handbags and it's just full of old strips at the bottom I suppose like the conversations that you have with people as well about diabetes it's kind of like a a broken record sometimes because you're having to keep explaining the same thing over and over again no I've not got it because I've eaten too much sugar and so on so yeah just that probably my uh my unusual or funny moments and I know when we spoke to Helen she was
0: saying that as soon as she sees someone with a freestyle Libre sensor on their arm she's like drawn to them and wants to have a conversation with them about their whole life. Her daughter's mortified, but she she runs over and she's like, oh, you know, you've got yeah. type 1 diabetes, and gets very excited and feels like she's made a friend for life. Have you had situations like that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you, you meet someone who's also got type 1 diabetes and you've got that instant connection. It's kind of like that unconditional connection, if that's a word. So yeah, absolutely. I've met so many amazing people along the way and it just again just draws you to people a lot, a lot more.
0: And then talking about uh, spotting people with your sensors, obviously um, you've just started a campaign called Show Off Your Sensor on Instagram. Can you tell us a bit more about it and how it
1: came about? So basically on my on my, on my page, on my Diabetic Health Code page, I used to get a lot of messages from people who would say you know I'm really feeling really insecure about showing off um you know my people seeing my sense I get so many questions asked and I just feel a little bit you know insecure about it and I kind of thought well I want to try and motivate and kind of empower others to not be ashamed to show it off because I I mean since day one I've just shown it off to everyone you know I've I've had so many questions about it I, I know that a lot of people probably relate to What's the most common one that you get? Is it someone actually said to me, "Is it an on button?" <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what that means. But is it an on button? Is it someone thought it was a pump? So yeah, you do get a lot of a lot of questions about it. But again, I just thought, well, you know, I want to show people that you shouldn't be ashamed of it. You shouldn't want to kind of hide it away. You should use this. Should be kind of like a symbol to symbolize how much you actually put up with on a day-to-day basis and how strong you are so this is when I came up with the hashtag show off your sensor and I started to post you know so many pictures of myself showing off a sensor and you know during training or just out and about and you know when I'm on holiday as well because they're so popular now you see so many people with them and it's just I mean I've got so much positive feedback people are putting the hashtag and then tagging and yeah I've just hopefully try and empower as many people as we can really to show it off
0: something that we've been running recently is around people's diabetes heroes so many people that obviously help you live your life who's your diabetes hero
1: my diabetes hero I've quite. I've got quite a few really I mean my mum and dad definitely because they helped me so much as a little girl I mean honestly like the 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 lengths that they went to my mum used to come into school every single day every break time every lunch time from work to give me my snack to give test my glucose levels and to to give me my lunch came on every school trip she you know she used to weigh everything out she was on me all the time which back then I found so annoying but looking back now it's amazing she used to wake me up every three hours well not wake me up but she's check my glucose level at night every three hours without fail um I'd be asleep so I probably wouldn't even notice but you know little things like that and you know my dad's bless his heart used to used to do a lot of volunteering for Diabetes UK and used to stand outside Tesco in the rain with a with a money box trying to get as much funds as he could for Diabetes UK because you know his little girl had just been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and back then there wasn't all the information that there is now regarding you know my dad said you know all, all we used to think was is she going to you know live live a normal life and I think that my dad says to me now he's like oh I'm not worried now <laughs> um but yeah definitely my mum and dad and I just think to be honest I think everyone's a hero to each other really in when you've got type one
0: thank you so much Vanessa for joining us today and sharing your story if you'd like to follow Vanessa's tips and advice you can follow her on Instagram at diabetic underscore health underscore coach underscore or check out her website vhhealthcoaching.co.uk you can also get a lot more support on our fantastic education site freestyle progress there you can find the freestyle academy tutorial videos webinars and lots more including the rest of the freestyle podcast series that's all online at progress.freestylediabetes.co.uk That's all for now. Thanks for listening.
1: The information provided is not intended to be used for medical diagnosis or treatment or as a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your physician or qualified health provider regarding your condition and appropriate medical treatment. Individual symptoms, situations and circumstances may vary.